fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? And welcome to Energetic Health Radio, and thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Dr. H, Dr. Henry Ely. For those of you that are just meeting me for the first time, it's a pleasure to meet you too. Welcome into this new year, right? Here we go. Let's get this going. Well, let's get it going with truth. Today, we got a great show for you folks. Uh, I've brought in VAERS expert uh, and an auditor, uh, uh, Albert Benavides who is uh, founded the site VAERSAware.com. That's V-A-E-R-S, aware.com. Uh, folks, it is a fantastic site. It's something that I think you should check out. He has wonderful dashboards that explain what's really going on with the data. And what I want to do is I want to give you just a preview because it's, you know, it, we start talking about data and it's easy to get lost. And especially when we, if we start nerding out a little bit in the second segment and talking about SQL statements and, and queries and strings and, you know, the stuff that the crazy people like me and him like to talk about, I don't want you to get lost. I want, I want you to have a decoder ring, right? That little orphan Annie from uh, the Christmas story, you know, decoder ring, drink your Ovaltine. You know, we want you to have that in there. So, Folks, we got some really cool stuff today, and, and I'm, I'm going to give you just a, a, a synopsis, right? We'll give you those cliff notes from when we were in, in school a long time ago. Um, Albert makes some very fascinating points about VAERS data. The first point that he makes that really blows me away is that only the initial report is made public, that as of 2011, only the initial report for VARES is made public. So as the person who's been injured, if there are follow-up reports, if you know it started out as a fever, it started out as a person going through anaphylaxis, and but then it's progressed into, you know, um, you know, six months later it's progressed into you know blood clots. Uh, six months later it's progressed into permanent injury. Six months later it's progressed into death. You know, that that's not reflected in the VARES records because the CDC will only publish the initial record. They don't publish the updates as of 2011. So we don't have long-term effects in there, and that's by design. You see, what VARES is there is to present and create an illusion, an illusion to protect the lie, the lie that these are safe and effective. The lie that these are safe and effective to protect the money, to protect the pharmaceutical industry, which already has protections from 42 USC 300 AA 11 and 22, where you can't sue them if they hurt you or your kid, unless willful misconduct is proven, at which point in time, all bets are off. All protections gone. And that's what I've been trying to get across to everybody. And it seems like it's gaining some traction now. I'm really excited about this, that we can pierce their protections by showing willful misconduct. Well, what's willful misconduct? Lying, fraud, falsifying public records, 
You know, this is what willful misconduct is doing wrong, knowingly doing wrong for your own personal gain. That's what's been going on this whole time. And Albert Benavides with varesaware.com is going to show you that and how they're doing it. Now, a couple other things for your Orphan Annie Ovaltine decoder ring. We're going to be also talking about the initial report being made public relative to kids. And it's showing how many kids got the shot at an inappropriate age before it was improved, approved for them and got injured in the process. And what's this whole deal with all the unknown ages? You're not supposed to be able to submit a record to VARES without an age. Well, he's going to break that down for us too. And then he's going to get to his main point in the last segment. You really got to pay attention to this show. He's going to get to the main point in his last segment, which is that the CDC and the NVSS have deliberately been throttling records that show that these shots aren't safe and effective to protect, because that's the only reason why you would do it. It's not just incompetence. Whoopsie, I forgot to give you a record from 21, from 2021, where somebody died. Whoopsie, a year later. No, that's not a whoopsie. That's intentional. It's by design. Why? To protect a lie. So folks, when we come back after this break, we're going to get on with Albert Benavides, a name that I want you to get familiar with, and more importantly, what he has found through his hard work at veresaware.com. Because people like this, good men like this, need to have the opportunity to speak. We write back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Energetic Health Radio is sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. Come on, folks, and check us out. We are changing the game. The old way doesn't work. But what we are doing does. If you are into holistic nutrition or want to be, if you want to just feel good and know that what you're putting in your body is actually helping you, Instead of harming you, check us out at energetichealthinstitute.org. You'll be very happy you did. Wonderful educations on from the art of cellular healing, which is helping a lot of people injured by the shots, all the way through to holistic nutrition certifications and uh, cellular cleansing and fasting and learning all the great ways that you can know with confidence how to heal your body. Once again, check us out at energetichealthinstitute.org. You'll be very, very happy you did, and we will love to bring you into our family. We'll be right back with Albert Benavides and more on the VARES debacle right after these messages. Cold and flu season is here. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to minimize airborne viral threats? Well, now there is, and it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray called Cofix RX. You might even say it's just what the doctor ordered. To reduce your chance of getting hurt, you wear a safety belt when you're driving. To limit sun damage, you wear sunscreen on the beach. Cofix RX is just like that. It's an additional layer of protection. 
It's sold by thousands of pharmacists and medical doctors nationwide. It's made right here in the USA. Again, it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray. You've heard them talk about it here on the Outloud Network over and over again. Check out cofixrx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you or use coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off at cofixrx.com. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the povidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20%. By using promo code OUTLOUD. All right, everybody, welcome back. So we are really, really lucky to have expert Bears auditor and uh, just brilliant, inquisitive mind, Mr. Albert Benavides. How are you doing, sir? Welcome. Oh, Dr. H, thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. And uh, man, what a what an amazing job you've been doing on, on your side, man. Thanks. I, I really appreciate it, man. But, you know, when I look at this, we I, I had I'd gotten started, uh, you know, I did something for Naomi Wolf and and it was like, I, you know, I, I found something that I felt was anomaly, but I think you have a little bit more detail on it. And that's what our pursuit has to be. The most accurate thing that we can do to understand what's happening so that we're not just arguing back and forth and arguing against a, an enemy with no ears, seemingly, but that we are, we know we are standing on the mountain of truth. And I think you've gotten this. And I think one of your good friends at VAERS, uh, analysis.info by the name of Wayne has gotten yeah. it too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So do us a favor, give us a little bit of your background, your your experience, and then I, I want you to tell us, what do you do with VAERS? What do you use that background for to help be an auditor of what's going on with the CDC? Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, um, my, uh, my, my medical billing career uh, started at a tender age of uh, the mid twenties, right out of right out of college, um, uh, primarily because my um, uh, stepdad at the time what, is a physician. I mean, he's not he's no longer my stepdad, but he's still a practicing physician here in San Jose. And uh, so, you know, my whole family cycled through the clinics when it became their you know their time to work in the front office, nurses, back office. When it was my turn. I gravitated to the billing and that's all I've done since 1996 uh, till the present. And, um, you know, so I've been uh, in charge now of uh, large billing operations for, um, you know, particularly I was in the longest stretch was a laboratory. So I was in diagnostic laboratory for 10 years doing, um, uh, tier three molecular mo molecular chemistry tests. And so, you know, the business of, of a laboratory, the business of medical billing. So, you know, sending insurance claims, receiving reimbursement, getting the electronic funds transferred to the bank, the coding rules, the mutual exclusive diagnosis codes and CPT codes, 
you know, all of that stuff. So I, I am, I had to be and am a certified professional coder. Um, so, uh, you know, reading op reports and um, going to, you know, extracting from an op report, the diagnosis to put on an insurance claim is kind of what I, what I do, but I've found my niche in that, you know, everything's automated. So it's, it's that, it's that piece between the uh, electronic medical records where the physician is either in the, you know, in the exam room on, on the tablet, you know, mm -hmm. punching in, punching in stuff, or it's the uh, physician surgeon dictating his, his op report. It all flushes down into the billing. And then the billing module itself may have to not allow the, the, the not, not allow the billing to come in and, and hold it up and say, Oh, it's missing a diagnosis. We know that, you know, you're not going to be able to get paid for this particular procedure if if this diagnosis code is not on. So it gets kicked back to to the physician or, you know, that side to the nurse to, to get to get the right coding on there. A back and forth game and get, get paid. So it's really the coding rules that dictate that dictate the service, you know, unfortunately. And that's part of the that's part of the um, uh, handcuffs I saw being created. I just didn't realize it, how, how physicians are almost handcuffed by that whole thing, um, you know, as far as what, what they can do and what they can't do. I don't want to say what they can't do, but what they won't do because they know that if they do it, they, they, they won't get reimbursed for it. They won't. So, so your background is in data. You, you understand what, how to get that medical record from point A to billing, and then the billing to get the the compensation back, and all of the yeah, coding that goes that. in with. So you can, you're kind of like this. You can read the language that most people know is there, but don't really understand what it means. Right. Right? right. So you're, you're the detail guy that, Hey, I need to know the rules. And, and I, there's, because there's no mistakes when you understand the coding, everything happens mm -hmm. for a reason and a rationale. Okay. So we have that you've been doing this for so long that, and then mm -hmm. let's not out you right now, but I'm, I was counting in my head. What are we at about 26 years somewhere yeah. in there? Yeah. So you've been doing this for a minute, right? Yeah. How have time. you how have you applied this expertise to an analysis of the VARES data? And, and what can you take us through? Like, what's a typical week of you analyzing the VARES data kind of look like? Yeah, great. Thank, great. Good question. And thank you. So, you know, before all of this, I had I have submitted thousands of insurance claims for reimbursements for the administration of vaccines for my for my pediatricians. And, um, you know, so I was familiar with with the word bears. I knew that it was there. None of the physicians that I knew about ever had to file a report or, you know, you know, I wasn't a part of that. You know, like like if, if they wanted to file a report to bears, they wouldn't have called us to do it like the billing department. They probably would have had a staff do it. But at least I knew about bears. I knew what it was in the concept um, of of bears. But definitely billing for uh, for administrations and the vaccines. So so I knew that much. I knew that a pediatrician has their refrigerator refrigerator partitioned between 
the vaccines for children, um, free government vaccines that they get, you know, to give to basically the Medicaid patients uh, for free. And then their own supply of the, what they would purchase and then and then um, administer to their fee for service, their cash pay patients, or even to the um, insurance uh, population, because then they can build the insurance, get reimbursement and make a dollar off of the actual supply and the administration. Let me ask you a quick question right now. This, is, this just popped into my head. Mm-hmm. We've seen from Blue Cross Blue Shield that there's a significant amount of money that doctors get reimbursed for when they have a certain percentage of their pediatric population up to date on the shots, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's very lucrative. Can you confirm that? And, and to what extent, how, what percentage of a doctor's income is coming in, in your opinion, from the administration of these shots? Absolutely. And um, I don't know, like the exact, I have no idea about exact um, dollar figures, like on a per dose level, or anything like that. But, you know, with those drug reps that came in every day, you know, and this was like, what, um, when I was working at like a group of like a small group of like six or seven doctors, that was enough to generate a lab rep coming in every day, And to the point where because of those anti-kickback rules that they have, you can't just straight out pay the pay the doctor, you know, like a a kickback. Um, But there was, uh, you know, there was something like that going on. But but how it filtered down to the to the staff itself. I mean, we would we had um, lunch every day, you, you know, brought brought by whatever rep was showing up that day to push whatever whatever medication um but in terms of vaccines themselves um i'm i'm not as versed or familiar with that but i i i think that they probably are making um because i've read some other places um some other literature but i i think they they could probably pull in themselves an, an additional um Five, ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars a month. Um, you know, uh, to me, that's awesome money. To a physician, that that might be a little, you know, okay, you know, it's they make they make a lot more than than I do, you know, weekly. So that maybe maybe that's not a lot of money to them, because I know you know some ophthalmologists, you know, they were like, I got to make a million dollars a year, so that's you know over a hundred thousand a month, so ten thousand, you know. An extra an extra ten thousand a month is not a big deal. That's like a whole entire paycheck and more for me, you know. But yeah, so I think well, I think these docs can make that much. Well, I'm going to tell you pocket change. I'm going to tell you that's an obscene amount to my listeners and and to me, and that's that explains why you know the cost of medicine of 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 healthcare is just so egregiously overpriced, you know, because of the, these kind of things. Well, let, let's shift gears here a little mm-hmm. bit. Okay. Um, so what do you do every week with the VAERS data sets that the CDC releases everybody? Just in a, just a quick overview, a minute or two of what do you go through every week with the data sets? So I download every Friday morning for me in California. I it's uh, the downloads are available Friday morning. Uh, funny, interesting. Today it was available at about six thirty in the morning, which is not normal. It usually comes, you know, around nine o'clock. You know, there's no exact time. Uh, right 
out of the gate, um, I download and I basically prepare the data because there's a lot of, and you'll, you'll know this well, there's a lot of information that's not quite there yet. Like they tell us the age, but then in my dashboards, I want to group all the, all the teens together, all the 20 year olds and 30 year olds and 40 year olds. So I have to create an age category. Um, so I have to create all these extra columns for myself that I'm going to use in, in my dashboard. Um, so I will prepare the, the data. Um, another thing uh, I do that I, I spend a considerable amount of time is that I look at the um, lot numbers, you know, and I'm all a big thing on the lots, but the lots have so many typos in there. Um, so I, I clean that data, you know, oh, this, this Z should be a two or this S should be a five or, you know, this O is a zero like that. And with that, Dr. Ely is, um, you know, I, I have, I basically have a little bit of help. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll just call him Hawk. I'm the Eagle. He's the Hawk. Um, and uh, he's a, he's a Python probabilities guy. He's, he's, he's like a, he's way up here as far as that type of stuff, coding and uh, that, that type of computer, computer geek stuff. But we use Python probability, run it through it, an algorithm, and then that basically spits out saying this lot number has a high probability that it is this, that it is this, uh, you know, lot number based on how we set up the rules. And then those rules are checking, um, you know, what other what other uh, the dates, you know, the dates around it, you know, that's saying it, we think it's probability thinks that it's it's this lot number because based on even the data service and the locations you know there's a lot of other lots that are that number on this let, date let, let me let me jump in here because you told me something yesterday when we were chatting about mm -hmm. lots now let's just let's get everybody to the dessert on this on this point here real quick okay <laughs> what did what have you seen recently with the lot numbers that's leading you to believe that um that just tell us, tell, tell the audience what you told me yesterday about the lots. Okay. So, so I think, uh, well, one of the pieces we were talking about was like, uh, the possibility of, um, toxic lots. Yes or no. I totally subscribe. Yes. I believe in, I believe in toxic lots, hot lots. And I said, I actually, I actually originally called them, I believe based on the data that there's hot vials within the lots that, that these, this evil, evil cabal people are too sophisticated to contaminate a whole entire lot. They're too sophisticated for that. And, and this data shows, you know, it looks like they're, you know, they're somehow, uh, you know, spiking, uh, you know, vials um, within a lot. So I, I agree on that. The other thing was that I actually got my hands on, as an example, the, the full Moderna um, list of lots with their expiration date. So you can, you can go on to the Moderna um, lot lookup website. Janssen um, has one, uh, what are they called? J&J &J Janssen. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a lot lookup. Pfizer, unfortunately, doesn't have a website for lot Surprise. lookup. Surprise. Surprise. But uh, Sasha Latipova and, and Team Enigma got their hands on a, um, you know, on a master list. And they shared that with me and vice versa. I got mine. Uh, so we collaborate uh, behind the scenes together. But this particular uh, list, a complete list of Moderna, 
it was came out to be about 1500 lot numbers and and all the expirations i did not have it didn't say how many how many vials were in each lot and how big you know some lot sizes could mm-hmm. be a million for a long time we you know there was a lot of speculation whether a lot size could be 700,000 doses a million doses while when um, Dell Big Tree, ICANN, Highwire, Aaron Siri did the FOIA and they got the um, the lots for Pfizer. That all boiled down to they got Pfizer and they got the domestic lots, not any of the foreign lots, but the domestic lots. And they got um, they didn't get how many doses went into arms, unfortunately, but they got it was called shipments. They knew how many how many doses had been shipped from that lot. And that told us that some of these lots were, the biggest lot was like 12 million doses, which blew our speculation out of the water because the highest speculation out there was like a million and a half doses was like, we're thinking that's that's one of the big, you know, it's about the- So, so there can be up to 12 million doses in doses. A, in a lot yeah and, and in that in that i can you know big reveal thing that they had aaron siri mm-hmm. um when i when i vetted that all that stuff there was only like two like two lots that had a um 12 million doses but there was a whole bunch of others that had like 5 million doses 4 million doses okay. and then the smallest ones had like really like really small like 600,000 doses. And so can you big, go ahead, go ahead, finish the oh, thought. So there was a, uh, you know, a big, a big variance in the size of the lot. And to me, that made sense in the whole um, supply and demand, you know, in the beginning when people were lining up and there was more demand than supply, they were probably making big, big lots. Mm-hmm. And Based on the expiration date, I think you can you can ferret that out because, you know, if an expiration date says May of 2021, well, you know that that's one of the first lots, it, you know, in the rollout. Sure. And sure. if the expiration date says even now there's expiration dates that say 2023, you know, those are the current ones. They're still they're still viable. So they're. They're on a shelf somewhere in a refrigerator somewhere, and they're still viable to to be used. So the expiration date tells you a lot. It's it's a huge finding because then now you have this kind of this this Rosetta Stone where when you're looking at a VARES record and they're associating a lot, you can now go back and look at that lot, and it tells you something that we're going to talk about in the next segment. I think it it brings mm-hmm. a huge point that you're going to make. And I want you to stay on everybody for this point that Albert's going to make yeah, about so, throttling data. We're going to come to oh, that yeah. and, and really explain that. What I wanted to do before we go to the break is I want to get into the VARES data that you're analyzing every mm-hmm. week. You're drawing this down every week and you're, like you said, cleaning it up because there's all these errors in there. So you got to clean it up and then now you can audit. Now you can analyze and audit and things like that. You said, um, one of the things that you 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 found because this is this is what I love about you with the 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 level of detail with you know understanding the code and the rules and things that have to go in. You said as of 2011, only initial reports to Veras are made public. Can you explain to our listeners the significance of that and what that means? Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. So so 
Currently, as it stands right now, um, we have we we you know the casual observer does not realize that only initial reports are made public, even though uh, the CDC bears continues to capture follow up data via via that be safe uh, you know app. Uh, mm-hmm. As an example, they will, you, you know, when you sign up for that, they'll they'll follow up with you. You'll get a text at like 30 days, 90 days, six months uh, mm-hmm. at a, one year asking you, how do you feel? You feel good? Are you are you still alive? You know, what's are going you still on? Alive? <laughs> you know, you, and you, you follow up with that on this on the VAERS side. You know, if, if you filed your report there and signed up or however, some some of the some of, you know, we were, you, I heard you and Naomi Wolf talking about it. And I see it in bears. Why only, you know, like four percent, as it turns out, looks like are get, getting crosswalked from the be safe into the bear system. Mm-hmm. And so who knows what what formula that's all about. But that is true. It's like, where are the rest of these be safe? Uh, reports they should they should be in bears. There, okay. let me clarify for the audience. Everyone that reports through VSafe is supposed to generate a report in bears, but only four percent of the people who are reporting in VSafe have so far emerged in the published data in bears. So that's ninety six percent of VSafe data is currently doesn't have a matching report in bears. Okay, is that is that an accurate statement, Albert? That's accurate. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. now, so now we're, we're let's let's hone in on this right before the break. We have another minute or two, and then we're going to take a quick break. But let's hone in on this. Only the initial report is made public. So mm-hmm. let I'm going to give you a situation, and you tell me whether I'm this is true or not. We have a kid. A kid gets the shot, and a kid gets injured. And let's say the kid, you know, got the shot in October of this year. They get injured, and by the grace of God, a doctor says, yes, I think this is a shot injury, and let, we got to file out a, fill out a VARES report, and they fill it out, right? That kid went to the hospital. Let's say it uh, got a little, little injury, went to the hospital, and, um, uh, but, but didn't die. Three months later, we get the progression of blood clotting, of uh, the clotting cascade, and then the kid ultimately dies. And on the follow-up report, that kid is registered as a death. In the VARES system, it'll show up just as an, a doctor visit. The initial report, yeah. The initial report. It won't. The, the follow-up reports that confirm that the child died as a result of the shot will not show up in the VARES data. Is that true or false? That is absolutely true. And if I could just throw in, um, you know, Bree Dressen at React 19, who has 20,000 injured people in her React mm-hmm. 19 uh, network, she has many people like that, that um, were, you know, were under the impression uh, that they're in it, that they could follow up because they're, they're basically permanently disabled now, but when mm-hmm. they filed their report, they were office visits and emergency visits and, and maybe some, some hospitals. One lady in particular, her husband had since has since passed away and she's been screaming to high heaven to the various people that she wants her report reflected as the de- as a death. Mm-hmm. And they just keep giving her the runaround and Breeze asked me about it and I've explained the whole thing to her. 
And I said, Bree, you know, God bless her, but that reporting is never going to be updated. I mean, they say it so much as five different times in the guideline, you know, that only initial report is, is made public. Even that seems like initial, a great way to, that seems like a great way yeah. to protect the pharmaceutical and, industry to me. And, and Dr. And Dr. Ely, before we, before we cut out here for the break, um, that wasn't always the case. Prior to 2011, they did append the original report with the follow-up data. So if you actually have anybody in your audience, go back and look at any of the reports pre-2011, you can see where the narrative's a lot longer because they were adding the follow-up data. So, so these reports were changing their event level from you know an office visit to hospital or from hospital to permanent disability or or hospital to death, life mm-hmm. life threatening to death. So it begs the question: How many people in the system of one point, almost one point five million people, are now since dead? You know, that's, Albert. That's the that's question, crazy. and that's a question we should easily be able to answer, rather than relying on what is published right now, which is a little over thirty four thousand deaths, mm-hmm. right? Because. Yeah. I think it's very safe for us to say the actual number of people who have died and that various people, the NVSS and the CDC know of that have died is much higher than 34,000. Is that a very safe assumption on your part, sir? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's just with the reports that they've actually given us. I after these two years, and because I'm an I'm an auditor by profession, I actually feel like VAERS does not publish all legitimate reports they receive. They don't. So Bree Dressen at React 19 has a ton of people that have filed reports, have their temporary ID number, but do not have the published report, and it's not published. They're like, where is it? So. Let's answer that question, Albert, right after the break, because you, I think, have figured out likely what's going on with most of them, probably not even all of them, Mm -hmm. right? That some Mm -hmm. of these reports are never going to see the light of day, right? Right. Right? Mm -hmm. So, And I want to make sure you get credit for this because you're the one that has really been all over this single issue. Folks, we're going to be right back with more uh, Albert Benavides and their system and the things that you really need to know about this right after these messages. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe. 
air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. All right, folks, welcome back. We're here again with Albert Vinavitas. And I want to remind you, you can check out his website, veresaware.com. That's V-A-E-R-S aware.com. He has an incredible dashboard that will blow your mind. This man knows what he is doing. He is the foremost expert, in my opinion, along with Wayne at veresanalysis.info on the topic of an analyzing and auditing the data in VARES and what's really going on. You have to understand the significance of this because what they are doing is criminal. What they are doing is designed to protect the pharmaceutical industry and promote the lie that these shots are safe and effective when in fact they never have been. So Albert, Thank you for being here. Thank you for being brave. Thank you for doing what you're doing every single week. I know many weeks it's a thankless job. I thank you for what you were doing. All right. Now, folks, let's get into this because I want to get into the kids here. Now, Albert, one of the things that really pissed me off in the summer of 21 was looking at how many kids got the shot under 12 before it was approved for distribution in those ages. I had recorded uh, over a number over 200,000. And it's in, it was difficult to correlate to VARES because VARES, of course, is not showing that those kids are even getting any records right now. But you've actually got an answer to this. How many kids, um, how many kids that were of unknown age and all this stuff, how many of those kids that got the shot when they shouldn't have actually got hurt in your opinion, analyzing the data? Well, there, thank you. And uh, there are currently about uh, 12,000, maybe now 13,000 reports of kids with um, inappropriate age, 12,000. So some of those, they'll actually tell you how old they are. They were, they were five years old. They were four years old. A couple of them, one of them said, we thought the kid was six. Uh, we got, thought the kid was 12, but he really turned out he was six. I don't know how that happens. But that report is in there. Well, so we're so we're we're definitely looking at. We knew that the kids shouldn't have gotten the shot. Kid, no kid should get these shots. These should right. no person. These shots should have never been available, right? Right. right? But but these kids especially shouldn't because they weren't approved for distribution in those age ranges at the time. And you're telling me that upwards of thirteen thousand kids at least who got it at an inappropriate age. Were mm -hmm. injured. Is that mm -hmm. that's what you're saying that you've found in the data? They were um, not all of them. No, hardly any of them were injured per se, because because by by law, by mandate, the VARES, how the VARES system works is they must file a report for all administration errors. So one of those types of administration errors that they call it an error is um, inappropriate age. The other kind are um, ex uh, temperature excursion. They, that's what they call it. The the vial sat out on the on the desk for you know more than six hours. Um, syringes breaking. You know a lot of uh, nurses complaining about the 
about the janky, uh, cheap uh, syringes, all those types of administration errors. There's there's about 120,000 total reports. The administration, for the most part, happened. And that's one of the things, uh, Dr. Ely, is that harking back to the, the fact that only initial reports are made public. Wow. How many of these inappropriate age kids have now since developed myocarditis or even have since died? We won't know because only the initial report, the administration error that says, oh, sorry, inappropriate age is made public to us. That's right. how they hide some of these kids. And, and where is the real safety for all this? The real safety is in knowing what's the long-term effect. Well, if you bury the long-term effect in, okay, for me, for let, let's say, for example, we have a kid, a kid you know, had an anaphylactic reaction, right? And it, or seemingly an anaphylactic reaction. Well, that's the initial report. So it gets reported as anaphylaxis, but then later that kid develops permanent injury or later that like in the case of Maddie DeGarry, you know, mm -hmm. did she get listed as just a, you know, just a, a anaphylactic reaction or something like that when actually it's a permanent disability or it should be listed today as a permanent disability, you know, that we're working on trying to reverse? I mean, this is unconscionable that we can't get to the truth. And why, once again, to protect the lie, which is that these are safe and effective. And when you protect the lie, you protect the pharmaceutical industry that already has legal protections. If your product has integrity, why do you need so many protections? If it works, which we've already proven it doesn't, why do you need so many protections? Albert, I gotta, I gotta get to the next thing because I wanna make sure we get to throttling. Yeah. Next thing we have here before throttling is Un is the unknown age. This has driven me crazy when I've been, been tracking VAERS data is such a significant percentage of records have an unknown age, even though you have to give a birth date to supply a record. Can you explain why that is to our audience? Yeah. Um, well, to the best of my ability, I know that they're based on the um, the reports. There are about four hundred and fifty thousand uh, now reports that do not have the age actually populated in the age field. So that's what I mean by unknown age. And um, however, age seems to be clearly documented in the summary uh, narrative write up. Mm. So. What I realized is that VARES themselves do, they don't help a brother out. They don't say, oh, well, the, 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 the submitter must have just, you know, um, missed that field. We'll, we'll punch it in for them and, and type in the age in the actual age field. They don't, they allow that oversight or that error to happen. And really tell you what, Henry, I think they scrubbed the age, tell you the truth. I think it was there and they, they, pulled, they pulled some out. But however, so it's written in there. Well, let me let me jump in real quick on that thought, because if they did that, modifying a public record is a criminal act. That's criminal fraud right there. Yeah. Go, keep on going. Out. So so basically, bottom line, four hundred fifty thousand. That comes out to 30 percent of all the of all the covid bears uh, reports have an unknown age. With that being said. The foreign reports 
then that was foreign and domestic together. The foreign reports, their portion is 65% of the of all the foreign reports wow. don't have, have an unknown age. So that makes it the domestic side of 10% of all of our domestic reports, continental the United States doesn't have it has an unknown age. And then what I've found is I've found the, the report um, clearly documents in the narrative uh, the age in which I populate the age field in my dashboard. And I found over 300,000 reports with the age properly documented. So I've brought in that 30% down to 8%. And the last three, four, 5,000 claims are reports that don't have the actual teenagers um, age, like 13 or 14. Or 14. The report says this is an adolescent patient. This is a teenager. This is an infant. This is a neonate. This is a, a newborn. And there's the clue. So in my in my dashboard, I, I will populate that, that I at least know that this was a teenager adolescent. Well, you know, and, and, and see, this is what I love about what you're doing. You're not just taking like for me, when I analyze Vera's data, I just go through their search engine tool and kind of and pull up some basic stuff. You're getting into the detail of each report and then you're seeing where all these discrepancies are and you're doing some data cleaning so you can get a more accurate accounting of what's going on. You're not manipulating anything. You're just cleaning mm-hmm. the record up. This is beautiful work, man. And I, I, I used to do that for a living. I know how hard that is. And I know how, how painstaking it is because all it takes is one little misspelling in a string and then you miss that record, yeah, you yeah. know, on your query, right? And, yeah. And with that being said, Henry, I mean, anybody that goes in there like yourself or anybody else and does a simple, a simple search, um, uh, you know, for show me all the all the dead kids from age zero to 17, as an example, you'll you'll uh, retrieve a report that says something like 170 kids are dead. Right. I think it's 177 right now or something like go. that. The last well, time it's, did. it's more like 485. And I'll take the Pepsi challenge with that. Anyway, that's the minimum because of all of those kids that are dead. It's clearly written in the document. In the documentation, but the age field is not populated. So, and that's the and that's the initial record, right, Albert? The initial record, yeah. We're not even talking. So we're not even talking about what happened in the second, the third, the follow-ups where a kid may have died. You can confirm, you can confirm that at least four hundred eighty-five children, American children, have died after receiving the shots. Yes, that. But but uh, um, that's gonna be that's gonna be domestic and foreign. Oh, let's just say kids then. Yeah, kids. Right? Yeah. It, yeah. You can confirm that through the Veris system and analyzing their at least four hundred and eighty-five yep. children. Yep. Have Absolutely. been killed by these shots. Please, I'll take the Pepsi challenge. Please, Henry. My see see, folks. This is why we got to get people like this in front of a grand jury. Right. This is why we have to get this out because you're not going to get this in the mainstream media. You sure as heck ain't going to get it from our 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 loudmouth, say nothing politicians, our gutless coward politicians running all over. And I'm talking on both sides of the aisle with this because I'm going to tell you something, and I mean this with all my heart. One kid dying is enough to shut it down. 485 is unconscionable. These are children. These are children with a 99.99% recovery rate. This is unconscionable. Now, Albert, we have about eight minutes left. Mm -hmm. 
And I want to get to the piece de resistance today. This, if you aren't blown away already, folks, then you're not going to be blown away. But if you are blown away, you also will be blown away by this. Tell us and explain to us how the CDC and NVSS are throttling data. And when we say throttling data, we mean making sure damning records don't see the light of day. They delay the publishing of these reports from the time they receive them to the time they publish them. There's a serious delay in time. They're allowed, uh, uh, per their guideline, they give themselves a very comfortable four to six weeks to rigorously authenticate and vet a claim that it's not a duplicate and that it's not a fake report and that they should be requesting additional information like, hey, what is the age of this of this of this child or what is the age of this patient? We don't know, you know, in that four to six weeks, authenticate that type of stuff. However, um, with that, they now today, like like the, the drop that just came at 630 this morning and there was supposedly 300 new deaths, 173 of these deaths today, Henry, were held in their possession since late 2021. What? Hold on. Just, Hold on. Yeah, and they just now published and told us about it. Deaths. I'm talking about just the deaths. 173. So 173 deaths that published today uh, were actually initiated. The record was initiated in was, late 2021. Yeah, it was given to them in, in 2021. Late, yeah, and most, most of it late December. So 42 days they give themselves to vet the records and publish the mm -hmm. records. 50 days, we're not going to trip, right? It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, sometimes it takes an extra week or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. But when you are intentionally withholding a record for over a year or about a year, mm -hmm. what you are doing is throttling data. You were saying that is a damning record. That is something that could change public perception, could change people's decision on whether to get these or not, whether these are truly safe or effective. So let's sit on this and hold it back for a year. And then we'll slide it in when nobody's looking because mm -hmm. everybody's getting ready for the New Year's celebration. Is that, right. am I, is that am I saying anything crazy that, right now? That's it. That's it. And that's not even like a big like a big um, they shoved it in that they've been doing this the, the whole the whole way through. But it's really been apparent in these last like two or three months um, where, you know, I mean, they're and that's that's just when they received it to when they published it. They also have the second type of throttling where it looks like at face value. The, the patient died in early 2021, but it wasn't given to them supposedly till late 2021. So even in this drop, Henry, they, of those 173, you know, severely throttled reports, some of these people had actually died in March of 2021. Uh, wow. There's one in there, a couple in there that died in February of 2021. And their VARES, their VARES record is just getting dropped Today, 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 and give our audience what today is. This give us give us the date on what today is, and we're, what the, we're, Dece we're December thirtieth, two thousand twenty-two, and and these people had died in February of two thousand twenty-one. It's over six hundred days 
you know, the, their, their, their uh, Guinness Book of World Record on that one is like now it's like 670 days. I'm waiting for it to get into the 700 so I can finally say it's two years. They've, they've throttled a, a report for like two years lapse in, in time. They have a couple they have a couple where they actually received it like 18 months ago and then published it. the death. People listening. Do you understand what's happening here? I'm going to recap this. It's it's this this is this explosive. The CDC and their subsidiary gov- uh, government agency, the one umbrellaed right underneath them, the National Vital Statistics System, the NVSS, are in charge of publishing data with integrity. This is the form. This is what we've talked about ad nauseum with the death certificates and the manipulation of death certificates. The federal law is very clear the Administrative Procedures Act, the Paperwork Reduction Act, and the Information Quality Act. That there is a very timely manner in which government agencies are supposed to collect, assess to make sure they're accurate, and publish data for public consumption so the public can make up their own mind. The CDC and the NVSS, as you've heard here today from Albert Benavides, once again, go to veresaware.com. That's veres, V-A-E-R-S, aware.com. He has a beautiful dashboard filled with incredible information that he updates every week painstakingly from his heart because he's just a good dude. And this is what good dudes look like. And I'll forgive you that you're a Chargers fan. All right. But he's a good dude. All right. He's, I'm assuming, a dad first, Albert. Absolutely. This is what a good man, a good dad does. All right. He protects children. He doesn't dismiss criminality. He doesn't look at them and, and say, you know what? It's okay. There's a certain number of acceptable children deaths. What he is telling us here today is that the CDC only publishes the initial report. If somebody dies after the initial report, there is no update to VARES. What he is telling us is that children have been injured who got the shot at an inappropriate age when they should not have gotten the shot. What he is telling us is that the unknown age is ridiculous, that it's still in the data, and he's been able to find that out. And what he's telling us with no uncertain terms, in no uncertain terms, is that the CDC and the NVSS are deliberately throttling data with significant safety signals to influence public perception. This is criminal, my people. This is criminal. Albert, we have one minute. I want to give you the floor to give your final thoughts on the show today. Hey, thanks. And, um, you know, after all of this time, you know, I, I've, I've been I've been an HMO claims auditor sniffing out fraud. I've had my own billing service. I've, I've been the world's best. I am the world's best medical biller. I am the world's best HMO claims auditor. I'm CPC certified. This is what I do. So that's, this is why I'm here. I've gravitated. God ha- has had me in boot camp for 25 years for a time such as this. That's how I really feel about it. And so with that being said, after all this time, I really feel that Bears does not publish all legitimate reports that they receive. And moreover, to add insult to injury, I really believe that these guys scrub data that was there, like the age, the unknown ages. I believe that probably our ages were there and they took them off. 
or that the boxes that said they were dyed, they unchecked the box because we didn't even get a chance to talk about the uncounted deaths. The clearly written, the patient is dead as disco, but just because the box is infected off, it's not counted as a death. Um, so I think they scrub unchecked boxes. I think they manipulate the receive date as a, uh, you know, uh, they're saying that a uh, hospital hasn't hasn't given them the report till a year after the patient died. And then they give come on. I think it's more reasonable that they, that they budge, that they manipulate the receive date. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying, Henry, after all this. And I, I would you know, I would bet the farm on it and I'll, you know, and, I'll, and, I, and under under oath and attestation, that's what I'll say. And I got my dashboard to prove it. And. You know, I'm ready to I'm ready to rock and roll. I keep saying my Verzaware dashboard is and will be courtroom ready when the time comes. I haven't had my hour yet, and God's saving me. And and uh, it's not about me. It's it's I'm I'm leaving something. I may not be around by the time we get our justice, but my data will be. The data will be around. My dashboard will be around. That's what I'm leaving for for humanity. Amen, brother. Amen, folks. Check out. Albert Benavides' great work on VARESAware.com. Check out other great work uh, by Wayne, uh, VARESANALYSIS.INFO. Uh, you will not be disappointed. The truth is out there, and we are going to make sure it is heard in a court of law. Um, Albert, uh, it's great to meet you, brother. It's great to have you on the show. I hope when you have some new revelations, you'll come back again, and we'll keep educating people to speak in truth, speak in God's truth. And, uh, you know, folks, we got to get this into a grand jury. So, Governor DeSantis, I hope you're listening because I'm going to keep pushing forward. Um, and my grand jury team is going to keep pushing forward. This is what it's always been about. Uh, it's always been about protecting children, point blank. All right, folks, uh, I hope you've enjoyed today's show. We'll see you again next week. I don't know who's going to be up, but I'm sure it's going to be good. Um, until that time, may God shine his divine light down upon us all, everyone we love, and surround us in the protection of his warm embrace. I'm Dr. Henry Ely for Energetic Health Radio and the Energetic Health Institute. Aloha and adios.